Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with me, Nicholas Feasy. We're on the theme of pilgrimage and little definition that we started off with. To be a pilgrim is to travel with sacred intent. To travel with sacred intent, whether it be to travel across the land, uh, to travel within, to travel in our lives. Even today, with the snow and everything, coming here was a bit of a pilgrimage. So you travel with sacred intent. And ultimately, as I said before, all pilgrimage is a journey towards the eternal. All pilgrimage is a journey towards the eternal. And the reason we start, this is like, you know, previously on uh, pilgrimage. And the reason we start on a pilgrimage is because it's a response to a desire within us to go deeper in our lives. We follow the path that's opened up to us in our practice, we arrive, hopefully, in our practice at that peace which passes all understanding. And at that time, we enter the present moment. There's an entry into the present moment, choosing to become, become that present moment. And therefore, I like the idea of, you know, you're not just in the present moment, you become the present moment. Therefore, you're subsumed into the ground of all being you become a vehicle for the divine nature in the world. And through that, through that little process, the way becomes apparent to us. But as I said a couple of weeks ago, it's then that the trouble starts. Our minds say to us, surely you can just take a cab tomorrow on your pilgrimage. No one's going to know if you do that. It doesn't matter if you have a drink. Who cares about it? You know, just take it easy. One drink won't make any difference. Um, We have to make that choice between the infinite opportunities that our minds offer us. Uh, They can conceive us in making us more comfortable, uh, more successful, or that relationship with the ground of all being, which is eternal. And in choosing the path of the eternal, in choosing that path, in choosing the way of Christ, in choosing the Tao, the Buddha way, the Buddha nature, we stay in our home, which is the present moment. And at that point, we begin to cooperate with the universe in revealing the path both to ourselves and to those around us. We become that light of the world as the divine nature shines through us. There's a a shining that happens when you do that. And the experience we have of this I think, is the experience of the mind seeing with the eyes of the heart. The mind begins to see with the eyes of the heart. We face the challenges and the temptations of the mind to make our lives easier for ourselves, and we have allowed the heart to become the author of our destiny. The heart becomes the author of our destiny. That lovely little quote from Ram Das that I've used before. Ram Das says, on your spiritual journey, you go from your spirituality being in service to your psychodynamics, and in other words, you know, your heart being in service to your mind, to your psychodynamics being in service to your spiritual journey. In other words, your mind starts to become in service to your heart. And the mind at that point sees through the eyes of the heart. And that, 
brings us, when that happens, we are brought to the experience of joy. When you arrive at the mind, seeing through the heart, when you arrive at that point, you arrive at the experience of joy. When we let go of the mind, wanting to make things easier, and start opening to the heart, then then joy begins to well up. I don't know if you have that experience when you're, you know, when you're walking along. And, you know, you don't have to be quick in going anywhere. You're just enjoying the whole idea of walking itself. I sometimes, when I come in, and I sometimes feel that as I walk into the office, almost like French song, you know, as I walk along the Bois de Boulogne with an independent air, I can hear the girls declare, he must be a millionaire, he's the man that broke the bank at Monte Carlo. <laughs> and that sort of experience that we have, where you don't really care, you know, you've broken the bank at Monte Carlo, your heart has won, has come through. And that's the joy that... And and we we do get little moments of it, but that's the joy that comes through when you arrive at that moment. It's the the joy of, of just walking around, of not trying to control things or aim for a certain destination. It's the joy that nothing specific matters. Nothing specific matters because it all matters. Nothing specific matters because it all matters. Nothing really matters. Literally, it is the nothing that matters. Nothing really matters. It's the nothing that matters, and we feel the joy of that. And it's important to remember that when all's said and done, we're supposed to enjoy our lives. And the pilgrimage that is our lives. We're supposed to enjoy it. And I, I know that comes to a shock as we all you spend most of our time struggling and complaining. But the truth of the matter is, it really is all about joy. There are lots of reasons for being alive and, and all our grand purposes, you know, the need to transform consciousness, the need to transform the world. But without joy, it's all empty. We might as well be going through the motions because joy links us up to the deep nature of the divine, of God. It links us to that deep nature. When the heart is running the ship, there is joy. When the heart is running the ship, there's joy. Do you know, a few facts here. Joy is mentioned over 200 times in the Bible. About the same number It's good having a search engine. About the same number as light and wisdom. Same number, joy, light, wisdom. Grace is only mentioned 130 times, so you can see the order that is there. So it's really up there with some of the most important concepts. And, you know, it's not really mentioned a great deal. But, you know, you look at some of those quotes, you know, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. There is something essential about joy that completes us. That your joy may be complete. There's something that you know, gives us that sense that when you're feeling in that joy, there's nothing else that's needed. It completes us. You know, Old Testament Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, joy, the meaning of joy, it is an exaltation of the spirit. 
That's literally what it means. And it comes from the Middle English, from the old French word joie, based on the Latin gaudium, which actually means to rejoice. That's where we get the word rejoice from. That's where it comes from. And, you know, people often talk about, you know, happiness against joy. I came across a couple of good quotes for this. You know, Oswald Chambers says, happiness depends on what happens. Joy does not. I like that. Happiness depends on what happens. Joy does not. And Peter Selmerhammer says, uh, joy is that deep, settled confidence that God or the cosmos or the ground of being is in control of every area of my life. There's a trust that comes up in joy. And that, again, line from the Bible, Jesus came that we might have joy. And and, he clearly linked that joy in turning to God. And you, you can see that in the parables. All those parables, the lost sheep, the coin, the found treasure, all ends in joy. You know, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went out and sold all he had and bought the field. Yeah, that's what we want to do. We want to sell all we have and we want to buy the field when we experience that joy. Joy is that experience we have when we realize the deep connection we have with the divine and with each other. And when that connection is realized, it opens us up to a wisdom that has a body sensation that we call joy. Joy is a body sensation. It is a wisdom that has a body sensation. And that body sensation is commensurate to that old idea from Julian of Norwich, who said, in the end, all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all things shall be well. And the person added, he says, in the end, all shall be well, and all things shall be well. And if it's not well, then it's not the end. And I quite like that. She didn't say that, but people have added that to But essentially, we're looked after. That is that experience of joy. And all is right with the world. And that really is the message and promise of a spiritual life. And that's what we're about here in the idea of pilgrimage. Real joy comes from being at peace with your life. So you can rest in love. You can rest in love. It is a falling into the depths. It is a deep connectivity with all things. There's a wonderful passage uh, from the Buddhist Dharmapada, and it's called uh, Joy. I'm going to read it now. This is from the, the Dharmapada. Live in joy, in love, even among those you hate. Live in joy, in health, even among the afflicted. Live in joy, in peace, even among the troubled. Live in joy without possessions, like the shining ones. The winner sows hatred because the loser suffers. Let go of winning and losing and find joy. There is no fire like passion, no crime like hatred, no sorrow like separation, no sickness like hunger. And no joy like the joy of freedom. Health, contentment, and trust are your greatest possessions. Health, contentment, and trust are your greatest possession. And freedom, your greatest joy. Look within, be still, free from fear and attachment. Know the sweet joy of the way. 
How joyful to look upon the awakened and to keep company with the wise. How long the road to the man who travels with a fool. How long the road to a man who travels with the fool. But whoever follows those who follow the way discovers his family and is filled with joy. Follow then the shining ones, the wise, the awakened, the loving, for they now they know how to work and forbear. Follow them as the moon follows the path of the stars. I think that's great. You know, you can find wisdom in all these different places, and they all come together in the same sort of way. And even that idea in that passage of the shining ones, when the mind sees through the eyes of the heart, then we shine. And joy is a, joy is a sure sign that we are on the way, on the right path. I wonder how much joy, you know, I'm going to say here, don't you, that you experience in your life. Just, just worth doing a quick joy audit. You know, how, how much joy you experience. It, it is worth asking the question. And if you feel not much, if you, if you feel not much joy, then it is worth just considering that, reaching out and thinking, yeah, well, maybe even in times of pain, there's that famous verse in Hebrews, Hebrews 12, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. I know this is the key bit. It's talking about Jesus. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy, and that's quite an important line, for the joy set before him. He's saying that the reason that he was willing to go through all that stuff was for the joy set before him. Joy was the center of the thrust, according to scripture. And you really have to translate that he endured the cross, his suffering, because he knew that fundamentally he was connected to God, to the divine in all things. And there was a sense of, wellness, even in the pain. And our, on our pilgrimage, it's about going through the pain into joy. We have to reach out for that. We have to stretch down through the murky waters to touch the bottom, the fundamental truth that all will be well. That, that is the fundamental truth. And what comes up to us at that moment when we touch the bottom is joy. The exaltation of the spirit, literally leaping up out of our spirit into our hearts, a leap for joy. So joy is really about wellness, knowing that all will be well. That, as the Einstein he did or didn't say, that, you know, that the universe is a friendly place. You know, if you want the Bible version of, of that quote, it's Romans 8, 28. All things count for good to those that love the Lord. That's a great thought. All this really means that whatever's happening is fundamentally okay. To be united with God is to, is to know that true joy that's at the center of all life and that we're, that we're here to experience. The whole of the second coming is really about joy it's about that arrival of joy you know the second it's not low he comes in clouds descending Derek Walcott put in a fantastic poem called love after love which I love he says the time will come when with elation 
you will greet yourself arriving at your own door, in your own mirror, and each will smile at the other's welcome and say, sit here, eat. You will love again the stranger who was yourself. Give wine, give bread, give back your heart to itself, to the stranger who has loved you all your life, whom you ignored for another who knows you by heart. Take down the love letters from the bookshelf, the photographs, the desperate notes. Peel your own image from the mirror. Sit, feast on your life. That idea of finally seeing yourself. That describes what it is to live in joy. When you greet yourself arriving, there is, a, you know, there is another word for joy, you know, with elation. That is the joyfulness that Jesus is talking about. I've told you that so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may complete. And we get a hint of it in peak experiences, in samadhi, enlightenment, all those touches that releases divine energy and joy. The joy we feel in day-to-day life is, is a taster of that fundamental joy that expresses God within us. Joy to the world. I'm on the last page, so don't panic. You know, when it's all over... Joy. Shakespeare says, what's done is done. The joy is in the doing. What's done is done. The joy is in the doing. At the center of the eternal now, that sacred time, that present moment is joy, if we could but touch it, because all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. Because The universe is a friendly place because we are all connected through our consciousness and there is order in our connectivity. That knowledge produces joy and that joy is infectious. Once realized, it will spread like the shining ones. Thanks for listening. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you. And if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.